Coming up on Inside the Green Room in today's episode, we have what happens next for my all-star teammate as December 15th approaches as the trade windows open up. Also, why my other all-star teammate is celebrating F1 clothless, how we stop Steph Curry, and much more. Excited to start the new season of Inside the Greening with my guy, Danny Green. I'm Harrison sure, Sanford. Sure. You can find us on the SiriusXM Podcast Network, as well as we did last year on NBC Sports Philadelphia. Now, the biggest elephant in the room. Hmm. December 15th started the new uh, deadline where players who signed this offseason can get traded. Uh, Danny, as you have been to some drama since we kind of started this show, we are opening the door now to the possibility of you getting traded i think a lot of sixers fans are really thinking about what's going to happen with ben simmons i have a bunch of questions i know you can't give everything but give me as much as you can first and foremost uh what is the team mindset around mr ben simmons um you know we haven't really seen him or spoken too much so guys don't really operate or thinking about him you know so when we do see him, it's like, oh, you know, he's here. But most of the time we just operate and play and live our teamly lives as if he's not around because he's not. So we just, uh, you know, and when people bring him up, you're like, oh, damn, I forgot he's like a part of the roster type of deal. Um, but yeah, December 15th is showing up, coming up. And I'm just hoping I don't get traded before the ring night happens because uh, that would be that would be disappointing. Um, but I, I think for the most part, a lot of guys are – you know, committed and building into what we have going on. I don't think guys are worried or expecting to be traded. They think we have a good group where we have, you know, once when we're, when we're healthy, we're a really good team. We're, you know, keeping it positive and we're dangerous. You know, we're just waiting for us to everybody be healthy so we can, you know, get back rolling. And if things do happen, you know, with, we're expecting that if Ben is traded or moved, that some pieces might be going with him, you know, and the guys that, are going with him. We don't know who that would be if that were ever to happen. So Daryl Moore put your seatbelt on. So that may not ever happen. But, you know, I think he just needs to understand that, you know, the guys that you're, I guess, not talking to or not interacting with are guys you might be end up with on another team with. Um, so that was when we spoke about it earlier. So that was my advice to anybody who was going through a similar situation when we had, you know, I guess that similar situation with Kawhi in the past wasn't the same. But, you know, if you talk bad about that player or vice versa, and you end up being traded together, you know, that could be, uh, that can affect you in a new environment. So yeah, he, he's around when he comes around. I think he's doing his uh, workouts and rehabbing. And I think he had some issues. I don't know. I don't, you know, tap into as above my pay grade. Um, but I said, I think most guys are really committed into what we have going on here and believe that we can still be a really good team when, when we're healthy. So this off season, you know, you're getting to the, getting to the closer to the end of your career. So you have to be real focused right you got to take a, a lot of considerations into where you go why you go there things of that nature right because you want to make sure you know you enjoy you know last handful of years that you have so i wonder did you when you signed the deal when you agreed mm -hmm. when you agreed to terms did you believe or did you anticipate that either ben would have been traded by now or that he would have been playing i, I assume when you yeah when you signed it you signed it for your personal self but you you're a veteran you're smart you have to oh also yeah sign for sure i mean for when you the situation definitely i think anytime you look to join or rejoin a, a group or be in a profession um especially when it comes to sports or athletics or your you know physical performance you look at the group around you what can make you perform at the best of your ability and, and you know what situations help you 
And I think most of us signed or came here or, you know, believing that he would be playing. You know, I believe this was the best system for me to play in because, you know, I was able to have last year a career high in attempts and shoot a pretty good percentage. And he had a lot to do with that. Um, so, yeah, you know, when you go into certain teams, certain situations, you don't go in thinking one of the star players is not going to be playing. You go there because, you know, I'm going to be playing with this star player, or this all-star, and this all-star can help me and we help, I can help him, you know, vice versa. And us all being successful individually and as a group. Um, so, yeah, that was part of the decision of myself and most, I think, other people that came to sign, you know, with the team. Yeah, no, it's a it's an interesting thing because I'm I, I watch and I listen and I see how Twitter has reacted to what's happening now and it's putting guys in positions that necessarily they weren't put to you know put on the roster to be in. For example, the fan base isn't too happy with Tobias Harris right now, but mm -hmm. Tobias Harris, just like you, got a lot of his points set up from Ben Simmons' assists. And while Tyrese Maxey has had his uh, showings of good scoring as a, as a combo guard. It's not necessarily, he's not necessarily the pure playmaker that Ben Simmons was. And that's not any fault of Tyrese Maxey, but Ben has time in the league and he's been an all-star level player. So it's a very difficult thing. I think for, you know, as you guys continue to evolve, try to get some continuity because obviously guys have been injured. Uh, it's been an interesting thing to see as you guys have kind of played through. I wonder how have you discussed the situation with Tyrese? Because he's your point guard. He sets you up. He kind of puts the offense into place. It's probably the first time in your career. I'm thinking about it. Like you were in, you didn't play too much in Cleveland, but you were with LeBron. Then you were in San Antonio. You were with Tony Parker, and then you went to Toronto. You played with Kyle Lowry, who's a savvy point guard, probably going to make the Hall of Fame. And then you go to LA. You're with LeBron again, who's pretty much the point guard. And then you played with Ben last year. So. I wonder if this is, you're adjusting because it's the first time you're playing with the point guard who doesn't have the the years or the experience mm -hmm. or the IQ of the previous point guards that you played with. I just wonder how you manage that. I uh, just let Tyrese focus on what he needs to focus on, not worrying about facilitating and getting me looks. You know, just he's been throwing a lot at him um, by Doc, by the coach staff and the players. Um, he's been, you know, put to he want him to score and facilitate, which is hard to do at a young, you know, as a young player. Um, so I just try to, you know, be the positive influence and keep him, you know, encouraged in his mind, right, emotionally and mentally stable, um, you know, to continue to have him do what we need to have him do night in, night out. And that's not obviously he's working on facilitating, getting us in sets. But, you know, naturally, he's a he's a scorer. He's a good player and he makes plays that way. Um, so, yeah, I don't you know put too much added extra pressure on him. I think anybody else does um, maybe some guys, but not really. You know, they just say, you know, you know, look for this here, look for that there. But there's so many things thrown at him. I said, I just try to get him to just play his game and not worry about anything else or worry about me or getting me looks or trying to be what Ben was. Um, you know, we just want him to be him and, and you know, succeed at that. And, and, and that's been working for us. He's been helping us win. He's been helping us a ton, especially when we had guys out. Uh, he stepped up to the, to the plate and, you know, he's executed. Yeah, I think he's definitely played well. Uh, and I want to ask one more question before we get to our next segment. We talk about Seth Curry. And I want to talk about why Joel Embiid was found half naked on the internet. Um, as you look at the Ben Simmons situation, let's say Ben came to you, came to Joel, and basically said, yo, I am not playing this year. Straight up and down, not playing for the Philadelphia 76ers. Do you put yourself in the mindset where, all right, well, Let's get somebody here who could replicate or who could fill in some of that production that's just missing. Like, however much he's getting paid, whatever he could do, none of it is resulting because he's not playing. 
mm-hmm. or you guys like, let's not trade him then. Let's just do roll with what we got. Do you guys feel like you want some production that's missing or do you want to just roll with how it is? I, I wonder how the chemistry is in that sense. Well, the original approach was to try to get him to buy in because we for sure know, we see him as a brother. We see him as family, want him to still be a part of our team. And we still feel like we have a really good chance of winning with him. So, you know, that's the first approach is like, yeah, why do you want to be traded? And if he came to us that way, then we'd be like, and we did everything we could to try to change his mind. He still didn't change his mind. Then as a family, as brothers, as friends, we'd be like, all right, well, we're going to find you the best scenario where you can succeed uh, and make sense for both parties. Uh, obviously, those things never happen. Those conversations never happen. So these are all what ifs. Um, but yes, when if that happened and we try to find him a situation, of course, we're going to look for something in return that can replicate what he brings to the floor and what he brings to this team, um, which is very hard to find. Um, you know, somebody, he's a special, he's a unicorn. You know, he's a very special player. As much as people get on him and rag on him and say how he was this and this and that and how bad he is, he's a very good player and he's, he's very hard to replicate. There's not many players in this league that can do what he does. Um, so th- that's a tough scenario. It's a tough situation. And that's why, you know, the, the higher ups have their hands full and as they have the harder decisions to make and harder to find something to try to, you know, replace him. Yeah, for sure. As, as you said, and as, as I will also say, it's definitely above our pay grade. We'll mm-hmm. see how it all turns out uh, for you guys. But I will say this, when you guys have been healthy, you have looked good. So hopefully that you guys can remain that way and you can continue to play well uh, when you have everybody on the court. Uh, when we come back with Inside the Green Room, we will discuss, as I alluded to, Joel Embiid being half naked, watching Steph Curry not break the record at Wells Fargo Center, and so much more. This is Inside the Green Room. We'll be right back. Hey, everyone. Lindsay Rhodes here. And if you love football, you're going to love my podcast, The NFL Roadshow. With episodes Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, we cover every NFL angle and talk to guests from across the NFL world, Hall of Famers, analytics nerds, and I say that lovingly as someone who wants to be an analytics nerd very badly, fantasy football experts, all of it. They're discussions you're not going to find anywhere else. So please, subscribe today wherever you stream your podcasts or listen on the SXM app, included with most subscriptions. Back with more Inside the Green Room. That's Danny Green. I'm Harrison Sanford. One of the things that I want to do this year, DG, is there's this phenomenon, shout out to Worldwide Wob, uh, mm-hmm. about you trending on Twitter. Now, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't advise you to look up your name on Twitter after any game because it's just toxic environment. But of as course. your co-host and, some, and I guess part of your production crew, uh, it's it my up. job. I have to type in your name on Twitter, see if you're trending or not, and see what you t- might be trending for. So uh, last week when you played the, we played the Golden State Warriors, there's a tweet from uh, Joe Veray, NBA. Uh, can we pull that one up? Oh, man. Actually, it is kind of You want to read that one? Danny Green going for that block on pool probably just triggered a whole lot of emotions among the Warriors fan base. LMAO. Yes, he is correct. Because I did get a lot of, I'm going to say a lot of, I got a couple of little hate tweets, little hate mail. You know, I wish your Achilles blows out. You should own it for the block. You're cutting people out, you dirty player. These are clean blocks, man. You know, I'm going up there and I'm, I'm making clean attempts on these, these plays. They call the foul. But to me, these are very fair up in the air plays 
And a lot of them, I think that I'm, I'm catching cleanly and I'm not trying to injure anybody, but yes, Clay being hurt since that time has been my fault back to back times he's been injured, regardless of when it happened, where it happened after that incident. Um, him missing two years is Danny Green's fault, according to the Warriors fans, and they all hate me for it. Might as well just bring up the next one then. At this point, it's on site with Danny Green. Warriors fans have had enough. <laughs> yep, that's pretty much the tweets and the mail I've been getting uh, since from that day and from said when Clay was hurt, of course. And yeah, I guess they didn't like the fact that Jordan Poole uh, went down a little bit. I mean, he's he was in good spirits. He's a good fan of bodies. Like, I didn't know you were still going to try to block it, man. I know you can still get up there like that OG. And I was like, I don't, you know, give up any easy free layups. So you know, if I would have known, I probably would have tried to, you know, dunk, dunk the ball a little bit harder. I was like, maybe, but just know I'm coming, man. So um, it was all fun and games. He's a good young, you know, player, good young kid, up and coming, a lot of potential. He's going to be really good in this league for a while. And, um, like I said, has a, has a ton of potential, man. He's always been good at to, I guess, compete against. And also, you know, when you chance to, you know, chop it up, talk to him a little bit. Obviously unfortunate what happened with Clay. With that being said, I think all NBA fans are excited to see uh, Clay come back to the league. It looks like he could be nearing here a couple of weeks uh, with Even Christmas. NBA right players, around. not just fans, players. We're all excited too. I mean, uh, as much as I competed and hated playing against him uh, because he lit us up so many times. Um, but the league is not the same without him. That team is not the same without him and just be able to play at that level. But to see him you know, as a player, as a human, to be able to come back to what he loves and his profession and to be healthy, I think everybody's excited for him. You know, not just the fans, but the players in this league as well. Have you had? A, have you actually had a chance to talk to him since, obviously, since what happened in those finals since he tore his ACL? Briefly. You know, I tapped him with him when I see him, when we play against him. He's on the bench saying, how you doing? How's everything? Everything all right? You know, that type of deal. But no real sit-down one-on-one conversations. Um, he doesn't seem like much of a talker. But, you know, as, as of late, he's been doing some sideline stuff. He's been doing some commentating, some TV stuff, which is cool to see. Um, so I think he's kind of coming out of a shell. But uh, we haven't had a chance to really talk, talk. But in brief passing, you know, we speak. Uh, there's still a lot of mutual respect between those guys and myself uh, on both sides. Yeah, you got a long history going against the Warriors, dating back from the Spurs and obviously what happened with the Raptors in those finals. Uh, with that being said, so Steph Curry came to Wells Fargo Center this past weekend, uh, went for the, had a chance to get the three-point record. He would have had to get 10 three-pointers, and that would have seemed like a lot. Uh, what was your mindset going into that game, and can you talk about what you saw from Matisse in that, in that effort? Oh, man, it's, um, it was a bittersweet moment for me because, you know, those mindsets, those games are the means you want to compete the most in. So Doc came to me and was like, you know, I'm going to start Matisse on him and try to, you know, have that matchup match his minutes. And I didn't know how that would affect me, but uh, I still had a ton of fun, you know, cheering my teammates on when I wasn't on the floor. But I knew I was going to play as many minutes and I wasn't able to guard him as much. You know, as a competitor, I want to, you know, take that challenge every opportunity I get. Um, but he was nothing short of unbelievably amazing. Matisse was uh, was was great on him, chasing him, uh, fighting through screens nonstop. I know he is not used to playing that many minutes. You can tell he was trying to get some water and stay hydrated. Uh, but he was uh, he was absolutely amazing that night for us. It was fun to see. It was a lot of us on the sideline as a vet to be able to watch. You know, not just him but everybody else come up big and produce for us and, and get that big win and also stop him from getting the record. You know, it was, it was great, man. It was a great feeling. And a big win for the team. We needed it. It was very uplifting. Yeah, for sure. It was nice to see you guys get a big win in prime time, which is part of the reason, again, 
uh, while, you, while you were trending. All right, so we saw Steph Curry. We know Clay Thompson's coming back. I know you don't like lists, but we got to do lists because that's what the huh. internet likes. Of course, Internet of course. to internet, however you want to pronounce it. Uh, let's do this. Danny Green, as somebody, I think, what, you're shooting 42% this year uh, from three-point line. You're doing pretty well from a shooting standpoint. Decent. I think and it's dropped played- over the last couple of games, but it's, it's been decent. I got to get it back up. And you're and you've been playing and you've played alongside some great shooters. So here we go, Danny. The mm-hmm. first list of the season. Danny Green's best three-point shooters of all time. Ooh, so th- there's a list that I have that's on court shooters and guys that I've seen just not, not in-game, like in-game shooters. And then I've seen guys like that don't get a lot of playing time that you won't be able to see do in-game stuff as well as others. Uh, my in-game shooters of all time. Uh, I'm going to have to go with Reggie. I'm going to go have to go with Ray, Ray Allen, Steph Clay for sure, Kyle Korver. And I feel like I'm, I'm missing one more. Maybe Chris Mullen. I might have to put Chris Mullen up there for sure. But off the – not in game, not I would say out of game. But the who don't is that, get as is that, much – Is that in order? Is that in order? No, not in any – that's not in a specific order. That's can just we, my can top. Can we get order, please? Can we get order, please? Oh, okay. I mean, I think Steph is number one for everybody. I think this mm-hmm. hands down. Um, my number two, I would have to say – you're, you're, you're putting me in a bad position here, man. I, that's that's what we do. Yeah. So, Steph, number one. My number two, Ray. Uh, number three, Reggie. Four, Chris. I'm leaving Clay. Only because Clay, right now, we, we just don't know how he'll bounce back yet and how long the career will go. So, But I think when it's all said and done, he'll be number two for me. But right now, I have to put Reggie, Chris Mullen above him. And I'll put Corver after him. So yeah. Okay. Uh, I am still sensing a little bit. Still didn't. Of... I had there's somebody else that I wanted to put in there. I said that is not. I wouldn't say not an in-game shooter, but doesn't get as much credit as I feel like that. But could shoot. Who? That I was a teammate of, and got to see in person and practice every day, and in some games, but didn't get a lot of credit. Uh, Steve Novak. He, he's up there with for me um, with one of the purest shooters I've seen shoot the ball. Yeah, Steve Novak for that one. When I was a Knicks fan, Steve Novak had that one year where he was going nuts. It's good to see that you're keeping the North Carolina Duke uh, rivalry fresh and strong. With Bill mention of JJ Redick. Uh, when we come <laughs> back, when we come back in the show, we have to discuss what else is going on in the NBA. And unfortunately, it seems like the COVID nineteen situation that we went through last year seems like it's making its roundabouts again in the NBA and across the world, the sports and in our worlds. So we have to talk about it when we get back. This is inside the green room. That's Danny Green. I'm Harrison Sanford. We'll be right back. Yep. And by the way, JJ is in my top 10. He's not in my top six or so, but he is in my top 10. But yes, we'll be back for more Inside the Green Room. Hey, everyone. Lindsay Rhodes here. And if you love football, you're going to love my podcast, The NFL Roadshow. With episodes Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, we cover every NFL angle and talk to guests from across the NFL world, Hall of Famers, analytics nerds, and I say that lovingly as someone who wants to be an analytics nerd very badly, fantasy football experts, all of it. They're discussions you're not going to find anywhere else. So please, subscribe today wherever you stream your podcasts or listen on the SXM app, included with most subscriptions.
Unfortunately, Danny, as we're seeing this year come to a close, we're starting to see an uptick in COVID-19 health and safety protocols across all leagues and obviously in the world. And in the United States, uh, this new variant is seeming to pick up some steam. Unfortunately, we've seen the Chicago Bulls. They've had to postpone their games. Uh, Obviously, your team has had to deal with uh, some health and safety protocols and players being out. Unfortunately, it's starting to feel like last year's playbook. And I know in Philadelphia, starting January 3rd, I believe, people will have to be vaccinated uh, in order to enter Wells Fargo Center. And when it comes to restaurants and things of that nature, they have to be vaccinated, not just showing a negative test. Just your thoughts on kind of going through this process somewhat again or seeing it come around the corner. Oh, it stinks, man. I mean, especially for a lot of families and obviously the teams that are going through it. We went through it early, unfortunately. Some of them going through now. You see Chicago Bulls have like 10 guys out. I know Joel and Tobias, when they had it, they were struggling. And, you know, some of their families had gotten it too. So I'm glad they all made it out safe. But, it's, you know, something to think about. Now guys are taking it. I'm saying people were taking it serious already, but now people are taking the booster, you know, opportunity a little more serious. Um, and, you know, obviously it's not just because they think, you know, government's trying to get more money or because, you know, the city or the league is trying to get us to test more, um, but because, you know, this can help protect us from getting the new variant or other things circling around. Um, we also, you know, talk to certain guys who are maybe not be vaccinated um, because, you know, Toronto, Canada is having a thing now. You can't enter the country unless you're vaccinated or have the booster shot. And that may affect us if we end up playing there a couple of times or we end up playing that team in the playoffs. We have guys on our team that are not vaccinated. You have to really think about that in the future ahead of time. Uh, but yeah, you know, guys are starting to take the booster shot now. Guys are starting to see different things happening. It's a new variant. Fortunately, guys have made it through. Uh, their families have made it through safely and, you know, just kind of getting their health back now. It sucks to see everybody go through that again, man. And we're just having things reopen, things get back to normal. And now, you know, coming back again, hopefully it doesn't last forever. And so at some point, we'll, we'll hopefully get through it as a, as a unit, as a group, as a country, and, and as a world, as the world. And hopefully, you know, have, not have to look back again and just have things back to normal. Yeah, it's uh, very difficult when you think about how it's up, it's uprising, uh, when it, at least in the world of sports, right? Because, you know, in the NBA, if you are vaccinated, you don't have to daily test, right? So you don't daily test. So therefore you play this game and you very well could have it and you play a game against another team. And because of the highly contagious nature of this newest variant, it could easily spread between players because again, you guys, as people who are vaccinated, don't have to daily test. So it makes me wonder if at some point, even if you are vaccinated, if you go back to daily testing or the big elephant in the room, which will not be discussed now, but I assume it will have to be in the next CBA or when the owners meet again and just world how, how the world is supposed to be or scheduled to be. At some point, you might look at, look at a scenario where guys who are infected with COVID-19 are still on the court and the league just knows and accepts it. Um, but obviously that would take a lot more people being more willing to take the vaccine and things of that nature. It's a lot to deal with, but I don't see a world where you guys don't get back to daily testing. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't think daily testing will, will happen maybe, uh, you know, weekly or every three or four, every three days, every four days. Like, I think that could be happening every day, I think would be quite a bit. And, you know, obviously the players, the union will fight it, but it is for the safety of the players, it is for the safety of the players, families and the people around us and the league. So yeah, we might get back to testing a lot more often than we are now. Uh, which I said, I think hopefully we, you know, weekly or just every three or four days, which I think would be, you know, enough. Yeah, no, it, it seems like enough. We just don't know how it's going to pan out. It's uh, mm-hmm. 
it's an answer. There's, there is no right answer. So, but hopefully yeah. the best answer is found. Uh, with that being said, for our fans in Toronto, Ontario, I know Danny is getting his ring and we had some ideas or thoughts or plans rather yet uh, to do a live show that we used to do. But unfortunately we had to cancel that due to COVID-19 and the precautions that are taken across Ontario. So un not unfor unfortunately not able to do it. Uh, and we also keep our thoughts with, I know uh, President Masai Ujiri who has contracted COVID-19 or anybody else affiliated with the Toronto Raptors because you know, they're still family uh, after everything that happened there. Now I know Danny will have full intentions of beating them when he goes to Toronto and gets his ring. Uh, and unfortunately we won't be able to do a big ceremony but I know Danny, it'd still be a special moment for you to enjoy that in front of the fans, it would have sucked if you had to do it in Tampa Bay. I just hope that yeah. you still get to do it in front of a 100% capacity crowd at Scotiabank Marina. We'll see how that goes. Yeah, I hope so too. Um, either way, it'll be a special moment at the Scotiabank Arena in front of the fans who are there and the guys who are left, the teammates that are there. Not many of them are left there. But finally, just get them ring. Waited two years, you know, maybe even longer. It's been a while. So being back in Toronto and receiving the ring is, has been the goal. And it only took you know, but some time, but you're finally getting there. Hi, everyone. This is Heisman Trophy winner and NFL quarterback, Doug Flutie. I'm excited to tell you that my podcast, the Flutie Flakes cast, is back for the entire football season. I may have played like 21 years of professional football in three different leagues, but I'm still just a big kid, and I absolutely love this game. Every week, we'll talk about the topics I care about and bring on super fun guests. So please subscribe today, wherever you stream your podcast or listen on the SXM app. Include it with most subscriptions. Back with more Inside the Green Room. I'm Harrison Sanford. That's Danny Green. We're about to get out of here. But before we do that, uh, if you guys don't know, I'm a big NFL fan, as I assume everybody who's listening or watching this show is. Uh, on my Sundays, I like to look at Twitter, get some updates from my fantasy football team. What I don't <laughs> like to see or wasn't prepared to see this past Sunday was Danny's teammate, Joel Embiid, half naked, more than, probably more than half, like 85% naked, uh, celebrating on Twitter. Danny, what's good? What happened here? Oh, man. I said I didn't know how big of a sports fan Joe was. And so obviously I've seen this, but um, I see watching on his phone all the time. He, he loves all the sports and big F1 fan. As you see the celebration in the, the briefs here, I think the boxer briefs, maybe. But, you know, he's excited. And when he gets excited, man, a lot of personality comes out. Even when, you know, we compete in, on the plane, when we play cards, you know, he's funny. He's one of the funniest guys when he starts talking his, you know, talking his junk and, and getting excited and, you know, you never know what's going to happen. So um, this shows how, how he is and when he has a lot of fun and when he's, you know, enjoying himself when people he loves to see compete and win. I'm hoping he's cheering for us when, when he's at home and that we're not, when we're playing and he's not on the trip, I hope he's like this when we win the game too. So uh, I'm going to have him record himself next time. If he's not on a game or a trip, uh, when we win the game, I want to see his reaction because that's a hell of a reaction for a F1 celebration. It's not, it, it, it seemed like a heck of a reaction. I got to get tapped in with F1, but I guess the, I hope, I assume that you guys have discussed with Joel that he doesn't need to necessarily be barely clothed. We didn't talk about that. No, we, uh, George mentioned the form, the F1. I didn't see the celebration until later. So I think you sent it to me, wife has sent, sent it to me. And I was like, oh, okay, this is what they were talking about. Um, but this just goes to show you how excited he is and how big of a sports fan he is. He's always watching all types of sports. And he gets just excited for other sports as he does the ones he, he plays in as well, other than basketball. So, yeah, I said, I hope he gets that excited for us when we win and he, he's not on the floor. Just for 
not that I need to know this information, uh, <laughs> but me here on my side of town, I'm a uh, team boxers. Yes. And, uh, <laughs> I'm a boxer think- guy, boxer briefs guy. That's my, that's my boxer briefs, boxers. That's, we're so used to as athletes wearing tights. So we're used to wearing, you know, spandex and things that keep you know, tight to the body. So we're with the boxer briefs, most of us, I think. Uh, the briefs have gone out the window for myself a long, long time ago. Uh, but I can't say anybody else's preference. You know, I'm not looking closely at the, the other guy's draw. So you have to get a survey here going. Um, yeah. Who prefers what? Because I think there's a, there is some information out there that boxer briefs are not, no longer good for you uh, in terms of Is that so? In terms of reproduction, that's what I've heard. Oh, so I don't know. That's I another, could be wrong. That's another podcast for another day. Uh, speaking of uh, F1, all right, Danny, uh, for those who have been listening and watching in the past few years, I think you guys know this already. There are, two co- there are two co-hosts here. One co-host likes to watch everything that's available on Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime, all of the things. And then there's another co-host who has what would say maybe a more eclectic entertainment taste, a little bit more uh, reserved about what I watch. Right. Uh, with that being said, <laughs> uh, Danny, what are you watching now? Oh, man, um, the things that I've caught up on, everybody's been talking about Squid Games. I think Hellbound is a new version of that, not new version of that, but something similar to that. So we just started that. Of course, we were doing Insecure. Uh, Succession came back out. Uh, a lot of the series came back out. I think Lock and Key came back out with new uh, episodes. Uh, Lost in Space came out, back out. And In the Dark, there's so many. There's, there's a list of things that I don't just watch myself, but I watch with wifey. But the shows that I watch myself on the road when I'm not with her, I'm circling back to old school shows. So I got a chance to do The Wire, rest in peace. He just passed away. I got a chance to watch it right before he just passed away. Um, mm-hmm. And also Sopranos, rest in peace to, you know, Tony Soprano, he passed away some years ago. So I'm still going back to all the old series, all old, old shows that I have a list of. And right now I'm finishing up Sopranos right now, which is, I'm su- surprised. I, I should have started this a long time ago. I, I see why people say it's their favorite show. It's one of the greatest shows of all time. I've only seen bits and pieces of it. I've never watched it fully through. But yeah, it's been entertaining through and through. And the wifey does not get mad when I watch these shows. But if I watch a show with, that we watch together without her, yes, she'll be upset. Unless I tell her that I'm watching a show and then we can watch it together from afar. So mm. that's how Distance that viewing. Yes. Uh, I, I, won't and, give any spo- I won't give any spoilers. It's not my style. But I will say this now. Secession has a chance to be the best show in TV history. Hey, the writing I, is listen, so good. It is. But coming from you, listen, I, I, I believe you. You don't watch a lot of shows, so it's hard to say. I'm wondering what shows you're watching right now. All right, that you can give us. So, what are you? What are you watching? Since you only do sports and YouTube and all that, what are you listening to? And of course, podcasts. What are you watching? Don't worry. I'm only going to suggest something when it's right. So let me, let's just okay. put the audience in. Let's just put the audience. You have in. had some great suggestions. Though, I will did, say that. Did you enjoy Marvelous Mrs. Maisel? It was. It, Mrs. Maisel was, su- was a good one. It was interesting. I think. Who suggested that? It was good. You suggested. The boys was better. Okay, thank you. The boys was really good. Who Mrs. suggested Maisel, the boys? You suggested the boys. Mrs. Maisel was really good too. Um, but yeah, it was one of those things that you have to really commit to it and get into it. Yeah. But it was good. It was very good. For sure. 
uh, I'll take I'll take my time to pick out the next show that I think is elite. Shout out to Amjad who suggested White Tiger on Netflix. That was fire, and so was Caliber, um, a movie. Check those I'm trying out, to get into man. more movies. Yeah, those are good. Those are good. Uh, wait, wait, but nonetheless, wait, before we go, go ahead. Yeah, I know you. Nonetheless, you're about to say your little closing. I need your top shooters of all time before you go. Ooh. I mean, Steph is number one, right? Steph is number one. I mean, you gave me chrono. You had I had to do chronological order, so yeah. Steph was number one. I didn't come prepared for this. No, can we can can we can we come back hey, next week? Uh, nah, we come man. back next week. We come back on next week, and I'll and the, I'll know. Yeah, but you're but you're more prepared than I am because you're on the damn court. Uh, All right, so we'll do this then. Okay, we'll go to football. Your top quarterbacks of all time. Well, Tom Brady's number one, obviously. Okay. Um, I can give you top quarterbacks in the league right now. I think it's Tom of all Brady. Time. You're all time top all quarterback. time quarterbacks. Yeah. Tom Brady's number one, obviously. Oh, let's see, who would I put number two quarterback of all time? See, the difference, thing with thing with football is such a team sport. And so you could be an elite quarterback like a Dan Marino, like a, and it won't and it won't matter because you need to have a team around you. It's very difficult. Uh, let's 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 let me be more prepared next time for something we'll, like this. We'll circle and I will back give to you these. An eloquent, an eloquent answer. Yes. Listen, I'm we'll put not in the have these exact questions. Time. I'm gonna have some other questions. I'm gonna circle the block on those, but you gotta be prepared. Be, it's your job. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, one thing I won't do is say anything wrong, which is why I won't recommend a movie or a TV show until next time. Deal? Deal. Deal. (laughs) All right. Uh, This is Inside the Green Room. That's Danny Green. I'm Harrison Sanford. Make sure you catch us every week on the SiriusXM Podcast Network. And if you're in Philadelphia, turn your tube. We're on NBC Sports Philadelphia. So we'll see you then as well. Uh, I guess that's pretty much it. Shout out to Cliff. Shout out to Amjad. Shout out to everybody else involved in this newest of partnerships. We'll see you next time. Read, rate, subscribe, review. You know what you're supposed to do. (laughs) All that good stuff. There we go. Yeah, all the good stuff. Sirius XM Podcasts.